Hey folks, it's Jeff Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you are listening to my podcast called Successfully Funded. Here we go, let's turn it up. Turn it up. Yeah! Crowdfunders, how is everybody doing out there in crowdfunding land? Hopefully you guys are all doing all right. Hopefully that money is coming in. Those backer reports are going out. The backer updates are happening. The, you know, you're you're sending emails. You're doing Facebook ads. You're just you're running the gamut right now. You're getting those campaigns funded. So, who is up on today's episode? That is a great question. I appreciate that. So we are going to be talking to the project creator from Raw Material, Elisa. Um, I'm not going to pronounce her last name because I've struggled with it mightily, but it's I-V-A-N-O-V-A, Ivanovo, Ivanov, Ivanova, 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 I think it's that, Elisa Ivanova. <sighs> Nobody ever told me it was going to be this hard to be a, a podcast host on a small, um, um, pro- a small podcast app, you know, campaign, what, what am I saying? What am I even saying? Come on. Let's pull it together here. But why am I excited about today's episode? Because Elisa has done an unbelievable job with this book that she's put together of her illustrations um, for the last five years. And like I said, it's called Raw Material. It's all like pencil sketch and it's just, it's beautiful looking. So go to Kickstarter right now and search Raw Material version one. You're going to see what I'm talking about. It's a really, really great project. And my conversation was awesome. She's, um, she's a uh, animator at Pixar. Uh, she's out in the Bay Area. She um, Just great background, great story. So that's, that episode is coming up. And, and like I said, unbelievable artwork. So like, go check it out. I don't have to keep saying that. I don't know why I keep saying that. That's something I go to. So what's happening around Wenzel Land? One Wenzel way, huh? What's going on here? Well, we had an instant, I wouldn't say an instant, but we had something happen the other day um, that has just been top of mind, just really top of mind. And um, so last week, my my son's, one of his best friends, right, at, at his camp said to him, I don't want to be your friend anymore. And it rocked Addy, just rocked him. I mean, he really broke down, um, ended up you know, the, the, the camp he was at, they called us, we picked him up early from camp. He just, he came home, he was just really devastated. So it was a bad day, right? And, you know, we didn't make much of it. We, you know, we said, you know, hey, people say mean things. And sometimes the closest people you say, say the most mean things, right? Because they know you really well and they'll say stuff that hurts even worse, right? So later that day after Eddie kind of calmed down and was kind of kept getting his bearings, he, um, he decided to write a note to um, this boy, uh, his friend, and he, he wrote, wrote through it, and, and we helped him spell things, and he personally wrote it out. And we didn't really, again, we didn't pressure him to do anything. He just, this was his, his thought. So he ended up writing this note saying, um, you know, my, Michael, I, I, uh, I still want to be your friend. Um, I understand that people say mean things, and I don't know if you meant it or not. But he wrote, wrote like a really nice note in his own handwriting, all that stuff. And then he went and, and he um, got one of his cars like his little toy cars, and he got the wrapping paper out. And again, all this was on his own, and he wrapped it up, taped it all up, and he's like, I'm going to bring this, and I'm going to give it to Michael. And, you know, we stood back. Okay, you know, you you do what you think you have to do. And obviously he gave the gift the next day. And I kept thinking over and over that that when this happened of, of, you know, is this a good thing, right? is he enabling right now? Because one of the struggles I personally have had in my life is 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 a bit of um, is a bit of enabling, 
Um, and you know, not standing up for yourself or not making enough money on a project like you should, or just really trying to like pull people along. And I think there's, for me personally, there's been lots of chapters in my life where if I'm really honest with it, you can see me pulling people along with me from the bands I've been in, previous companies, um, even down to some, some people would probably even say right now, my wife a little bit, like I'm, you know, um, who knows, but so I, just seeing my son's kind of natural reaction to um, a, uh, a bad moment was to go above and beyond, right? So Friday, I ended up sitting down and talking about this with my buddy Dwayne, and, and he, he, shed, he shed some light on it a little bit differently, and I appreciated him saying this because what he brought up was my son was, is using the, you know, the, the mindset of killing with kindness, you know? And whether Atticus and his friend Michael remain friends or who knows what, it's life, right? But Addie went, my son went with it, with the mindset of, uh, you know, I'm not going to let what you did bother me. I'm going to kill you, like I said, kill you with kindness. I'm going to be above this. And I'm going to put the ball back in your court without being angry, without being, you know, without fighting, without you know, making you feel crappy, whatever it is. Standing back from that, thinking about that after Friday night, I've really, really come to just be so happy about my son and just so proud of him in terms of his natural core instincts. And, and it, I don't know, just was one of those moments that really just taught me something. And it, uh, it's been on my mind, man, it's been on my mind all basically from about, Wednesday of last week until right now, me kind of talking it out loud. I've just been really kind of um, emotionally wrapped up into it a little bit. And I don't know, I thought he, you know, it was just a great thing. And I hope he continues to have that sort of vibe. And, and one of the reasons I want to talk about it is just how crappy this weekend has been. I mean, I, I have seen, I have seen shit in my newsfeed that I never in a million years imagined that I would see. And I think there's a lot of people out there that think that same way. And it, if more people or my, hopefully my son can hold on to this innocence, I don't know how he's going to be able to. That'll be one of his struggles, his journeys in life is to, is to hold on to his natural reaction to dealing with conflict or dealing with somebody's feelings or whatever it might be. That his, his, his go-to setting is, is love, kindness, acceptance, killing him with kindness. You know, that's his go-to setting. And man, do I hope he can keep that as long as possible. Because if more people had that mindset, maybe we wouldn't see what's going on in in um, Charlottesville, and we wouldn't see what's going on in the world right now. So that I don't know. That has been top of mind. I'm really glad I have this vehicle and this vessel to to put it out there. I appreciate all of you guys listening and sitting with me and and uh, and and hearing me out. So appreciate it. <sighs> Deep breath. All right. Here's what you guys can do to help. If you like the podcast, please go share it with a friend, right? Tell somebody about it. Um, go back this campaign. Put this, co- put this awesome art book on your coffee table. This will be a great addition. There's no doubt about that. And, uh, you know, like, give us a review on, on, uh, on iTunes. Share us on Facebook. You know, do what you got to do. Help us out. Support us. So uh, I appreciate it. All right. Let's go ahead and kick my conversation with Elisa. And uh, we're going to talk about raw materials. I knock, knock, knock. 
Well, Eliza, I have hit the the red light there. You see it clicking? That means it's go time. Great. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's do a quick sound check here. So what is something that you do that very few people know about you? I work out every day. (laughs) Okay. So nobody knows that? That's a a secret? there's like five people in the gym. That's it. <laughs> there, but there's no like Instagram feed of that consistently uh, showing you off at the gym or anything like that? No, thank God. I'm not doing any of that. Keeping awesome. it private. Awesome. All right. All right. Cool. <laughs> all right. Well, that's a good start there. So I think we're all sounding good here. So why don't we jump right into it? Um, so why don't you tell my listeners what you are currently raising money for over on Kickstarter? Yeah, uh, it's it's my book, Raw Materials, my first one, a collection of sketches for for the past five or six years. And, um, you know, I've, I've been working on this book for over six months now, so I'm happy that it's finally, <laughs> I can see the, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, yeah, so that's, that's the book. And um, so far, it's been an amazing response. I can't believe it, to be honest. It's pretty overwhelming. And what is kind of like, like, you know, again, for our listeners out there who's, who's not in video land, wh- what are you drawing? What's, what does it mean to be like raw material? What are you sketching? How do you describe it? Yeah. Well, the reason it's called raw material is because I, I stuck to just, you know, the bare minimum of materials that I had, which is a sheet of paper, some graphite, and that's it. Um, I don't really erase anymore. It's just something that I prefer not to because there's something about pencil work that um is just beautiful you know when it's messy <laughs> right. um so that's pretty much what the book is about it's just a bunch of sketches um i've done some are commissions some are well, most of them are stuff from my mind um and i just decided to not really uh theme it and keep it uh very open there's a bunch of stuff there's you know fantasy work there's modern themed um work and i think it works well together actually um Weirdly enough, it makes sense in my mind when it's in a book form. Yeah. So, so what what was kind of the idea then to put this, you know, to kind of structure this to some degree and put it in a book form? I mean, is it, you know, did you have these sketches kind of laying around for a while, or did you purposely yeah, exactly. write them to put it in this book? No, no. I, I have a bunch of sketchbooks that were collecting dust, and I've had a few friends who, you know, kept saying, you know, you should you should publish this. Like, why are you just you know, you're drawing and putting it away, never to be seen again. Um, so initially, you know, I didn't really plan to make a book, but I decided to archive everything and start scanning it um, just so that I can quickly browse through stuff uh, every once in a while if I need to either show people or, you know, if I want to post something old. <clears throat> and by That's old, awesome. I mean, you know, five work, five years ago, not, not Asian. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's really great. So, uh, you know, and then how did the idea like come about to take this sort of project to Kickstarter? Um, you know, what was kind of, the, is there a story behind that at all? Yeah, my, my friend, um, Steve, who also helped me uh, with the campaign, he suggested that we do a Kickstarter. Initially, I was going to just publish it myself. I have a little bit of money saved for that. Um, but he's done Kickstarters before, and um, his argument was that it's a great platform to improve the book. You know, once you, if you meet, you go in, if you exceed it, it's just going to get better, which is actually what happened. And now the book is going to get um, way bigger. We're going to do spread outs and it all because of crowdfunding. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, I love that platform. Yeah, that's great. And, and, and so what's, I guess, 
what is your background story a little bit? I mean, how did you get into drawing? I mean, is this something that you've always just done? I've done it since I was a kid, um, for sure. I mean, I think everybody says that, probably. But definitely, uh, I uh, remember my parents taking me to my first art lessons <laughs> when I was 12. And I love that kind of structured studio environment where you sit down, there's a, either you know, a still life or a model. There's a teacher, there's a bunch of students, so it feels very official. And that's, I feel like that's kind of how I remember my, my really professional, quote-unquote, <clears throat> you know, diving into the art world. And since then, I've been drawing nonstop. I was going to become a painter before pursuing animation. Um, and right before graduation, high school graduation, I decided to, um, you know, <laughs> take a little bit of a different route. Sure, sure. But, you know, it's never stopped since you can't, can't stop it. <laughs> right, right. And so you mentioned your parents. Uh, what uh, do your parents do or what did they do? And uh, what, what's their story? They are engineers. Um, I, I want to say they're artists, too. Definitely. Um, I remember my mom drawing when I was little and me getting frustrated how good she was. <laughs> uh-huh. And a little competitive, which is strange, you know, because it's, it's my mom and I when I was a kid. My dad used to carve um, so th- those are very early memories of them, you know, pursuing some kind of uh, art hobby. Right. And did, uh, did, was it just always a kind of a hobby for them, or did they try to push that um, into the uh, into a like into a job or professionally or anything like that? I think it's just a hobby because both of them are engineers, and uh, you know they they have their own business that has nothing to do with art. <laughs> so I think probably you know my interest in art was their outlet. <laughs> to be creative. It's like, okay, let's, let's help her kind of achieve something um, that's sustainable with art, which I'm super grateful for. Yeah. And where'd you grow up? I, I grew up in Bulgaria. In Bulgaria okay. I okay. here when I was 17. So all my childhood oh, so, over there. I, and what was the, what was like life like there compared to, compared to California and stuff? Very different. Very slow. <laughs> yeah. Slow over sure. You know, I, I miss it, definitely. Um, there's, there's something about kind of the quietness of home that I don't get to see as much and kind of the spontaneity of meeting people and not, you know, put everything in your new calendar. <laughs> That's right, a very right. California thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the calendar I, life. California, I don't know. My calendar's pretty full, too. So uh, okay. everything's in there. My whole life's in a calendar. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah. everything is timed out. Well, what, 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 uh, what made you move? I mean, what, what was the reason for moving? My interest in animation, for sure, and cinema. I mean, California and L.A. in particular is huge for that. And uh, when I decided to do animation, all the schools that I was really interested in were in the U.S., primarily in California, where I ended up going to... Um, I went to CalArts for classic 2D animation. Yeah, that's, that's why I moved... So, so um, you know, growing up where you did, was there a way, um, how did you kind of get prepped bef- or even like kind of know like to go into school for that as opposed to just knowing like, hey, I, I just sketch, I just draw, you know, or like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, like how did you know like, hey, I, I really want this to be what I do, you know? Yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting. Um, there was a lot of kind of um, guerrilla research that I had to do on my right, own right. <laughs> just find out. I, I really started 
you know, playing Sherlock Holmes and, and tracking what famous animators did before becoming famous. Uh-huh. <laughs> and a lot of them um, were in some form, shape or form, um, they went to CalArts either for a year or for the full five, oh, sorry, four years of college. Um, you know, other people went to different schools. So I, I, it, it's just, that's how I kind of found out about all these schools. And then, of course, you go on the website to find what the requirements are. And the best part about CalArts was that they had a summer program before, like the year before um, applying. So I ended up going for months, I think, to CISA, which is the name of the school, the, hmm. the summer school. Hmm. And it, it was really eye-opening to know exactly what I needed for my portfolio there. I mean, now that I kind of expected, already had an idea of what was required, but, you know, when you're there and talking to the teachers who potentially will um, judge your work for acceptance, is very super helpful. Did, did you, what did you have to have prepared at like seventeen? Like, like, <laughs> like what did you have to have as a portfolio? It was Anything a, or you know, what it did was you have a to lot do? of drawing. It was primarily drawing. They just wanted to see that I understand the fundamentals of of drawing. That I had you know very strong foundation skills. Um, a lot of quick drawings, which you know when you think about animation, animation is almost. I mean. Ideally, 24 frames, 24 drawings per second. So, you know, it's very quick, very fast. So I had to do something that I didn't do um, in my, you know, drawing lessons in Bulgaria was those quick gesture drawings. So that was something that I kind of had to throw in on the fly and uh, do, you know, 30-second poses, one-minute poses, even 15-second poses just to loosen up. So I had um, a whole section of gesture drawings in my portfolio. Then I had my long, long poses from the studio. And uh, I think that was it. No, actually, there was there was also a, a section of stuff I like to do, you know, just fantasy, more characters that I've been working on. But definitely I know life drawing was key for CalArts. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Is, is, you know, and again, this would be a layman who doesn't know much. Is there a genre for you or is there, is there like, like, you know, I guess I come from the music world. So, you know, there's a, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a rock guitar player, you know, like that's like, is there, is there some, the same kind of thing for you uh, in terms of art and drawing? Good question. Actually, I didn't really think about that. Hmm. Or is it something like you can just draw anything? Like I can draw anything. I, like, I mean, you, could you do a CAD design of like an architect building or something like that? You know, or is sure. there like different, different things like that? Or you know? you know, I don't really know. I'm sure there's a name for it, but you know, here, you know, I kind of fail in my art <laughs> knowledge of uh, you know genres and movements. Um, I anything uh, that is expressive, whatever that means. To you, I guess that's kind of how I see it. I, I'm not a, hu- a huge, um, like, realistic painter or drawer. I, I don't really stick to realism too much. I like the kind of blend of some expressiveness with, you know, where I still showcase that, uh, you know, I know my foundation that's very classical trained. So it's kind of that like, hybrid between the two. And it really depends. Like, sometimes I go cartoony. 
because of animation and because of the characters that I draw, sometimes is more academic. Mm. Gotcha, gotcha. I don't know if that makes. I hope that makes sense. No, 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 no. I get it. Yeah, no. I, 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 I mean, it's hard for me not to equate it just to music stuff, but it's mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, if I had to go into a recording studio, yeah, I could play you know a jazz guitar style thing on a song there's probably somebody who's specializes in that mm-hmm. but it's still playing guitar you know even yeah. though it's much better to be a rock guy you know or whatever it might be so like i i can imagine there's it's got to be somewhat similar in terms of like there's something that you just really love doing and you like that is like your bread and butter and then stuff yeah no i, I, I mean i could draw that i, I don't want to yeah. draw that all the time <laughs> but good yeah that's cool that's, oh that's cool. I, I totally understand yeah you know I, i've um I feel like there's always some kind of a twist or spin that I do on my drawings, which I've heard that uh, sometimes I do without even realizing. And people are like, oh, I can I can kind of recognize your drawings even if I don't see your name there. I'm like, oh, that's right, interesting. Right. So it's very new to me. I've never really thought about doing it. Well, I mean, do, do you approach them with, with kind of having a signature feel or something? Like, like, is there, do you approach it with that at all in your mind? Or you just, just um, draw it? I think now I kind of have an idea of what I can pepper in in there mm-hmm. to make it sort of like you know, mine. But before, it was just kind of a shorthand. Like you develop s- certain shapes or, you know, gestures, strokes that I guess are unique to every artist. And uh, those make you sort of recognizable. Sure. Right, right, right. And and how about like what was the steps to kind of take what you're into going to school into professionalism like like uh, you know was it overnight was it no I'm still not there <laughs> you know it's you know or or like like what was kind of the, the process to to make this thing um, you know to to go into the professional level of this I think it's just persistent just keep doing what you're doing and try to improve, like just get better from your last, whatever you did it or animation or drawing. I feel like, you know, growth is about to happen. And in my experience, uh, usually when I'm super into something and very passionate about it, those are the things that uh, people in the professional world have either remembered me for or recognized and, you know, started conversations. That's, that's kind of how I got into Pixar. Um, I made, so when I was a Calarts, I made four films each year. Uh, like the, the, the goal of each year is to make a short film at the end of the year. And they get progressively you know, longer or more complicated story-wise. So in my third year, I made a film called Piece of Cake. And they're on my website. You can check them out. Um, that kind of got a pretty good um, buzz around it. You know, um, I actually won an award at school for it. And at, at Job Fair, we have this thing called Job Fair over there that happens every year. Um, you know, the, pe- the Pixar people approached me like, hey, we remember your film. We saw it uh, at the, you know, the school screening. We really liked it. So it was a nice <laughs> intro to my world, uh, to my work. I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, that's it's kind awesome. of how it, it happened. And since then, I mean, it's just uh, a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, I bet. Like always. Yeah, yeah. That's that's actually a good thing. You don't want to not have work, I've actually, is what I've learned. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it never gets uh, easier or simpler. Yeah. I thought, like, oh, I'm just going to get better and, you know, things are going to slow down. No. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Never. Well, 
you know, so kind of in regards to like schooling and Pixar and, and, and everything, is there a mentor that you look up to or is there, is there, um, you know, is there a, support, a lot of support around you? Yeah, absolutely. It, I mean, you mean it's it Pixar or in general? Just in general. I, I, I mean, I think, uh, I think it's always good, especially in the arts. I mean, I, I again, I'm going to have to give you more on the music side, but I've always had three or four mentors around me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still do this day that, you know, if, just to get out of my own head sometimes, you know, just, yeah. um, probably even with the Kickstarter, I mean, you, you know, I'm, I'm wondering if you just, you know, have that sort of support around you. The people that I can think of like on top of my head, they're all my art teachers. I, I can't, I can't imagine being where I am without them, even animation wise. Um, to my, my teacher in Bulgaria, Garmordian, he's the one that kind of gave me the foundation tool set to just draw and really kind of understand uh, dimension and proper, you know, proportions, good, good, you know, good cross-hatching skills, all that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and was, then when I he, went to CalArts, I'm sorry? Was, it, was, he, was he kind of the first person that kind of, kind of maybe give you that push, like you could really do yeah. this? Because I think yeah. everybody needs one of those people as you're, as you're growing up, like... It's not fantasy. You could really do this, you know? Absolutely. And he definitely wasn't um, one of those people that would um, kind of be like, oh, you're doing great. You know, he was very determined to be like, okay, you're doing good for your level, (laughs) which you can get (laughs) way better. And this is how you do it. And this is like, try this, try that. I was trying techniques. You know, sometimes there are moments of complete frustration. Um, Sometimes, you know, actually that's probably the, the most valuable lessons that I learned from him is he would draw over my drawings instead of trying to tell me what to do. It just visually show me, which, you know, it's kind of, when you think about it, it's frustrating because it's like, it's my drawing, don't touch it. (laughs) (laughs) At the same time, when I see how much better it can be, it it was really like, oh, okay, I I get it now. I understand. Um, That's the one thing about visual um, teaching is it's not a, a lot of talking it's really just demonstration that's why right now on social media I try to share as much as I can and uh, even when I'm not talking people are like oh yeah I found great tips in just watching you draw mm-hmm. um, there's something about like just learning with your eyes that's super important and I learned that all from him for sure yeah yeah it, it's and, yeah I was just wondering too it, it, like as you're kind of putting this together, I mean, do you, are you envisioning, I don't know if I, maybe I got that a little tone from that last answer, but are you envisioning that you want to pass on some of these educational, um, you know, sure. things that you've learned on to other people? Is that how you're approaching it with social media and stuff? I would love to. Yeah. That's, that's my goal probably for next year or later this year to start being, um, you know, just give back, you know, because I know how important it is to, to see how people draw and not just see the final product. I know how beneficial it was for me. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I never ended up copying anybody's work. It's just a matter of, I just need to learn a new way of seeing things and, sure. you know, and drawing. Because not every technique works for everybody. And I, I've had friends who I would show something the way I do. And I'm like, oh my God, I thought, I've never thought about doing it this way just because someone said, oh, no, you should never try something different, which, I don't know, to me is nonsense. Every technique is precious in its knowledge. 
Right, right. Well, let's flip a little bit over to, you know, maybe just you personally. Um, you know, it sounds like, you know, you've got a uh, some high pressure type of career stuff going on. You've got this Kickstarter going on. We jokingly, you know, did our sound check around working out. But are there any things that you do to, to just stay focused, to, to take deep breaths um, in all this busyness? Is, is there anything that you recommend people do? Maybe meditate or read a book, whatever it might be um, in terms of just keeping organized and, 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 and keeping the trains on the track? <laughs> what do I do? Uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty bad at, at giving those those types types of advice because I don't really practice what I preach. Sure, I want to sure. say meditate for sure. Yeah, yeah. Everybody but every wants time to I've meditate. done it, I just I just fall asleep. <laughs> That's <Right>. my problem. <laughs> you know, it's just discipline that you know, just wake up early. Uh, I have a daughter who's four. So she wakes me up very early and it's... Oh, I'm aware about that. I got a six and a four-year-old too and they are... Oh, yeah. They love 6.30 in the morning. It's like, They do, they do. It's summer. <laughs> exactly. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's. I think your your body is just that new schedule. I definitely don't sleep in you know, the same hours I used to, which, I mean, it's good because that gives me a little bit of time to draw either before work or after. So I, I make... The one thing I can probably recommend is save at least half an hour a day for drawing if you want to kind of consistently get better. Daily drawing has been key for me. Just that consistency, just not losing momentum. What, was there like a practice? Is there like a practice thing that you did kind of growing up? Or, or you know, how much of it is just natural ability? Like, I, I have, a, I got a gift. Oh, very you know, little. <laughs> Very yeah. little. When I thought, you know, younger, when I was younger, I thought, you know, oh, I, I'm good. <laughs> I can do this. And now looking back, I'm like, what was I thinking? This is terrible. Well, I found out that uh, if if I do gesture drawing, that's good enough for me, even if it's not like a full illustration. So I take classes at work during lunchtime. Um, every Tuesday and Thursday, there's gesture drawings. And when I don't do that, um, I found a few websites that offer timed kind of a setup where uh, there's poses and they change every either one minute or 30 seconds, you know, we can set that up. So you use those as gesture drawings and, you know, just go from there. You know, if I take a break for more than two, three days, I feel the rustiness coming in <laughs> and it drives yeah, me crazy. Yeah. So yeah, it definitely, I mean, so it's great to I mean, have, sorry. I say, it's something you're doing every day. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it, there's just, you know, like it feels like to me, what you're describing is, is not really work. Like you just have to draw it like every day, something. Yes. Know? Yeah. Sometimes it's not enough. I know artists who they, they would draw for at least a few hours a day. And that's, that's my goal. I would love to do that at least like two, three hours. If I can draw, I know that's going to be instrumental to my personal kind of development. And just having, you know, a bigger body of work. Essentially, I think at some point you reach that. It's just, I just want to have a lot of work. Right, right. That's awesome. Well, let's, let's flip over to the actual Kickstarter. Why, you know, why I reached out and uh, yeah, wanted to chat with please. you because... 
uh, I think art books and any sort of book right now in general on Kickstarter is, is a challenging thing to, to raise capital for. What was kind of the overall strategy or the conversations around using Kickstarter to, to launch this, as well as was, you know, was there any hesitation on your end to, to go that route? Uh, you know, I've never done it before, so definitely I was a little afraid of um, just even tackling this whole project. I've heard from friends that, you know, it, it is a lot of work beforehand to prepare it, and uh, I want to put my best foot forward, so I definitely didn't want to, um, you know, kind of do a mediocre video. I wanted something that still represents my work in a, in a matter that I want to be seen. Mm-hmm. So I know the video took quite a while to prepare. Um, but, you know, again, Steve, who published the book, he, he just said, like, this book needs Kickstarter because it, it'll, it'll, do, it'll do so much better afterwards. And yeah. you have just a, a better product. So, yeah, you know. Like everything, it just takes a little effort on the front end, but then it pays off in the end. Mm-hmm. And it really did. Like I can't believe like we're half. Not even, I don't know if we're even halfway through the campaign, and we funded it a few times over, which is incredible. Yeah. Was there an overall sort of like marketing strategy that you guys used mm-hmm. uh, for the for the book? Um. Hmm, let me think about it. Well, we made a, f- a few versions of the books because Steve has published. Um, well, he's he's pretty aware of what you know the book interests will be. We made uh, the soft version, a hard cover version, uh, blank cover, and then the deluxe one is only for Kickstarter. So that that was kind of the main thing in mind. Just let's make different types of books for different types of audiences because, you know, we don't really know which one would do better. Um, and afterwards I want to send it to different stores. And, um, that was, I think our main thing about the campaign itself content wise. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's all about the book and presenting me as a, uh, like an independent artist. So this is, there's really nothing that is about Pixar and what I do. So I didn't want to plug that in um, kind of just for the, for the sake of having it. Yeah. And, and did you, you know, did, did you set up like landing pages? How, how are you, were you getting any interest about the project before you launched? A little bit. I went to Comic-Con before that. So I tried to, talk to people about that and uh, my initial goal was to have it live <laughs> but you know for Comic Con it didn't really happen that way but maybe it was a blessing in disguise because Comic Con was so overwhelming on its own you can't imagine if I had to run a, this campaign and you know now I, I saw how crucial the first few days are for a campaign so it actually worked out better that I could focus solely on the campaign um, and so other than that, it was just word of mouth and just, you know, awesome friends reposting and trying to promote it. <laughs> That's kind of how we did it. Afterwards, there were definitely a few podcasts that I did um, somewhere and animation what? related. <laughs> no, no, no. I thought this was the only one. Oh, I, I don't know about <laughs> Sorry. that. Sorry. 
just kidding. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. It's definitely different audiences. Some are very animation oriented. Some are very just exclusive artwork. Some are hybrid. So it was a nice, very nice um, kind of plus bonus to everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, in terms of, I mean, you know. I, I love to look at like the backer numbers. I mean, 390 mm. backers is, is a lot of backers with still over two weeks to go. I mean, are, what's your dashboard looking like right now? I mean, is it is it a lot of Kickstarter traffic, Facebook, emails? I mean, just give us a ballpark on, on where that traffic's coming from. I think primarily it's from Facebook and Instagram. I have a pretty, pretty good following on Instagram, and I'm trying to be consistent there and post at least once a day, um, so I think people really appreciate it when you show that you're not kind of posting and disappearing, especially now with the campaign. It's, it's crucial. Like every time I post something about it, especially, you know, if we reach our stretch goals and people learn that, oh, my God, this book got even better now because we, we add eight more pages or we add this, we add that. Um, so that always helps. That's cool. That's cool. So this may be an absolutely stupid question considering that you've squashed your goal um, four, four or five times here, but is there anything that you would have done differently if you could go back in time? Um, I don't really know <laughs> because this is my first one. So, so far I'm like, I think we're doing good. <laughs> Maybe I would probably spend more time on the video. Um, I know I rushed a few things in there, especially the voiceover. And, you know, like hearing your own voice in a recording, it's always cringeworthy. Sure. <laughs> so I guess I would redo that part and okay. uh, be a little more creative with it next time as well. I just like, you know, coming from a film background, like <laughs> I have to do this. There's no excuse <laughs> right. for me not to make a, a good video. And I think for the time being, I did my best. It definitely can be better. Um, what else? I guess, uh, well, yeah, actually the other thing I definitely want to improve is uh, worldwide shipping. That's uh, a big issue yeah. for me because it gets so expensive and I just, I hate that I'm asking <laughs> for a lot of money from people so that we don't do USPS because I've had horror stories um, mm-hmm. with, you know, with snail mail, just things get lost or damaged and, um, you know. I mean, I don't mind sending a second book, but why not do it the right way from the get-go? Sure, of course. Of course, yeah. Re- and avoid all the headaches. Yes, for sure. Out of that equation. It, it so, is said there's a lot of backers, so it'll be, I can't imagine like, 10 of those books get, you know, damaged. And, you know, there's a bunch of books that um, we're doing custom, meaning there's going to be drawings in them. So if, mm-hmm. if I lose one of those, it's... Yeah, that's big. <laughs> it's big. <laughs> Yeah, that's no good. Are, are you considering using like a fulfillment company at all, like a backer kit or anything like that at the moment? Um, for now, I haven't really looked into it, but I'm not yeah. opposed to anything new if it's beneficial for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how, how about with, you know, with 16 days to go and, you know, uh, what are you doing to kind of keep the momentum going outside of being on the number one podcast in the world? Oh, outside right. of that, <laughs> right, uh, but outside of that, uh, when, you know, when we hang up from here, but what are you considering doing to kind of just keep that momentum going and make sure that you have a strong push at the end? Are there any sort of strategies that, that maybe you and, the, and, and Steven have talked about or anything that you're kind of thinking about doing? Yeah. Well, we have to stretch goals for sure. And we're trying to make them 
you know, worthy of people's time and money. <laughs> so we're not just throwing random stuff in there. Um, we really want to focus on the book, improve it. And um, in the meantime, I just like to, because as a thank you, I started doing demos. And it seems like people responding very well to that because they, they actually see me draw. And they get even more interested in the book itself because um, potentially if we reach a certain amount, I don't want to say it, not to jinx it, <laughs> but if we do reach it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to include, um, you know, a whole demo tutorial that actually explain every step of the way of making a drawing and kind of turn this sketchbook slash art book into an instructional one as well. Oh, cool. That's one of the goals. I mean, beyond that, we have some ideas, uh, but we'll see, you know, that's nice. that's <laughs> it's cool. all wishful thinking for now. Sure. Hey, hey, that's you got a dream, right? Exactly. That's cool. So, um, so what you know, what does scale look like for you? I mean, where do you see this idea going? Where do you see? Do you see multiple um, volumes of this? Mm -hmm. I mean, what? Walk me out five years from now. What do you see happening? Yeah, I I called it Volume One on purpose (laughs) because I wanted to establish for myself that this is one of many. I want to make more books for sure. This is something that I wanted to do a long time ago. Now that I see that it's doable, it's even, I don't want to wait another five years before I make volume two. I want to wait one year and continue that trend. So, you know, I just want to make a bunch of books and, um, you know, vary them, not just art books. I want to theme some of them, maybe do a book about fantasy, just purely fantasy stuff. Down the line, uh, personal goal would be to have a graphic novel, so I'm writing a story for that. Hmm. And uh, yeah, book is books are great. <laughs> I really, yeah. I really want to continue. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, all right, so we got 16 days to go in the campaign. It usually takes you know 14 to 20 some days for the money to drop from Kickstarter and all that stuff to happen. So what is the first step that starts happening after you take, you know, sort of a what probably one day off just to just to chill for a second. But then then what starts happening uh, for fulfillment for you? It'll be making the you know the what do you call it um the dummy versions of the books or the you know the ones that I have to approve approve. Oh, the the, the proof versions, the, the proof. Versions. Like Thank the- you. Yes. Sorry, my English broke there for a second. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, it's, it's just to make sure that I nail quality. Like, I want to make sure this is the best it can be. Already, I'm seeing um, just the, you know, the, the final product in my head, and I want to make sure that it's exactly what I see. Um, mm-hmm. so that'll be the main thing, because we have you know, four or five different versions of the book, and you know, there's different paper qualities. There's... Um, I know there's surfaces that I'm not sure if I can draw on, so I'll make sure those are tackled. So that'll be the first thing, is just nailing the looks and quality. From there will be you know, printing the books and drawing all the drawings, signing everything, numbering. I want to make sure that, you know, for this campaign, everything that all the backers get a numbered copy so that they know that this is, they're part of it. <laughs> yeah, right. That's cool. I think those are the first steps. That's cool. And then, and then, do you have like all the printing and all that stuff kind of ready to go, or yeah. is mm-hmm. that stuff already? Yep. Yeah. Everything's ready. We're just waiting for the <laughs> green lights, adding more pages. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a tutorial, <laughs> and 
and then printing. I have a really uh, awesome printing house here. They they did a small version of the book um, that I took to Comic Con, and I was super happy how it came out. So I'm sticking with them. They're local Californians, which is um, something I want to do. Kind of keep it local. <laughs> nice, very nice. Yeah. Well, well, where can people kind of learn more about you, the project, even outside of Kickstarter? Where can people start to uh, dive into your bubble? Definitely Instagram. If you have Instagram, follow me. I also have a Facebook page that um, everything that goes on Instagram goes on it as well, plus more uh, on my website as well. I keep it, keep them a little different so that there's always, you know, they're not just the same content everywhere. On So on my website, I kind of archive everything so you can see you can see uh some books that i've done like, uh, tutorials for or my shows uh posts that i've never posted anywhere else either it's kind of a the one one stop for everything <laughs> place yeah yeah which well it's good that you make content i don't know if you want me to say it yes all. yeah yeah no yeah by all means yeah what's the what's the what's, what's the website where, do, where where should people go yeah um my website is um my name full name eliza com, and on instagram i'm eliza which is spelled e-l-e-e-z-a um yeah that's cool. it <laughs> Awesome. Well, I appreciate you taking time out of uh, your busy schedule. And obviously, you know, it's no easy task in the middle of a Kickstarter to just all of a sudden block out 40 minutes for some guy in Detroit. So I appreciate you taking some time out of your day. Um, And I I mean, this is a great looking book. I mean, just the, the... I thought the video was great. So uh, I I love that the sketches... I mean, it just looks like a really great book probably for a coffee table or just something that you'd be proud of to, to, to have and show off to people. So really great job. And I wish you a lot of luck in the future and, uh, and congrats on a very successful campaign so far. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks so much. Thank you. Eddie. Um, so what happened last week with Michael? Did that upset you at all? A little. Yeah. What happens when people say mean things? They sometimes get sad. Exactly, yeah, it's sad, isn't it? Did you and Michael make up? Did you guys become friends again? Yeah, he's just joking. Oh, yeah, but jokes can hurt people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you to, that's, why you to, that's why you have to use your words correctly, huh? Mm-hmm. What, um, what's your favorite thing about Michael? Um, I don't know. You don't know? Okay. What are you doing right now? Outside. What are you playing? Um, I'm just throwing the football and catching. Yeah, what song are you listening to? I don't know. Is it that X's and O song? How's that go? Good. X's and O. They haunt me. Okay. Alright. Say bye to everybody. Bye bye. All right, guys, that's my that's my son, Addy. Thanks so much for popping by. The song we listen to is a song called Changes. And I uh, hope you guys all have a great next few days, and I'll talk to you all on Thursday.
I thought you 